Psalms chapter number 33, if you stand with us. I was reading this morning, and uh, I'm like somebody had already said, I was reading this morning in uh, this psalm, and I tell you, God, one verse of Scripture, just one phrase, just jumped out at me this morning, and uh, I've just been chewing on it all day, just not even just for preaching's sake, but I'm talking about just, it's just helped me, amen, just helped me personally. And uh, I'm thankful the Word of God, if it's, no, if it's not real to the, to the preacher, it's not going to be real to the people, amen. And uh, but I tell you, I like it, not every day is it that way, but uh, I like it when God just gives you something and it just stands out to you and he, and he feeds your soul. And so he gave me something today that just helped me personally in this psalm, Psalms 33 and verse number 1. The Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp, sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song, play skillfully with a loud voice, for the, or with loud noise, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth, he loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depths in the, in, the, in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, he beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of, ha- of his habitation, he looketh upon all the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioneth their hearts alike, he considereth all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength, and horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy to deliver their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waited for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our hearts shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the good singing and for the good testimonies and Lord for the liberty and the free spirit that we feel in this place and Lord I'm thankful that we can be here tonight and gather ourselves together around the word of God. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray the Holy Spirit would give us the vocabulary and the liberty to say what needs to be said. Lord may we not say anything that would grieve the Holy Spirit but oh God may you be glorified may your son be edified magnified and may the church be edified tonight and we'll love you and we'll thank you and we'll praise you for we do ask it in Jesus name we do pray amen and amen I wanted to to draw your attention to one little phrase in Psalms chapter 33 I think everything in this psalm is connected with what the psalmist is saying uh, in this one verse of scripture he talked about the eye of the Lord in verse number 18 being upon them that fear him and upon them that hope in his mercy but notice what he said in verse number 19 he said to deliver their soul from death and look at this and to keep them alive in famine 
and to keep them alive in famine. You know, I got to thinking about all the famines throughout the word of God. Uh, famines began as a result of sin and as a result of God's judgment upon sin. Whenever you read about a famine in the word of God, most of the time, it is a result, my friend, of those that have disobeyed God, whether it be a saved person or whether it be a lost person, it is God's way of punishing and getting the attention of those uh, uh, that are willing to listen. And in this psalm here, as the psalmist is writing, he talks about the Lord doing many things and he talks about who the Lord is. Uh, but one of the things he said that really stood out to me was the fact that God had kept the psalmist alive in a famine. You know, as I thought about throughout the word of God in Genesis chapter number 12, the Bible records uh, when Abraham went through a famine. And then in Genesis chapter 26, uh, it talks about when Isaac went through a famine. Again, in Genesis chapter 41, we read about where, jo or where uh, Jacob went through a famine. And then Joseph uh, went through a famine. I'm reminded in Ruth chapter number one, you know, Elimelech and Naomi left and went down to Moab because they were in a famine. In 2 Samuel chapter 21, uh, David, because of the sin of Saul, had caused a famine to come. And even David was in a famine. And in 1 Kings chapter 17 and verse number one, the Bible records Elijah when he was by the brook Cherith, uh, he was there because there was a famine. In the book of 2 Kings chapter four and chapter six and chapter number eight, even Elisha went through three different famines in his life. Uh, Nehemiah was in a famine in chapter number five uh, and Jeremiah because of Nebuchadnezzar records of the Jerusalem going through a famine in Jeremiah chapter number 14. You say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying there's always been famines uh, in this walk of life. Uh, even the apostle Paul in the book of Acts chapter number 11 records a time uh, uh, whenever he was in a famine. And then the Bible records in Revelation chapter five and verse number six, one of those seals uh, that's going to be turned out uh, when that title deed of the earth is opened up uh, will bring a famine to this land like they have, this world has never seen before. So famines have always been and there will still be famines to come. But one of the most amazing things is that no matter how bad the famine is, no matter where the famine is at, God somehow, somewhere, some way, he manages to keep his children through, taken care of and fed through the famine. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, you might be here tonight and feel like you're going through a famine. I want to encourage you tonight and say that God, uh, he specializes uh, in getting people through the famine. Amen. And so I want to preach a few minutes tonight on that subject, uh, on how to stay alive uh, in the famine. Amen. How to stay alive uh, in the famine. Uh, you see, you may not be here tonight in the famine physically, and you may be, or maybe you're not here tonight because of a lack of food or a lack of water, but the Bible says that there's coming a time when there's going to be a famine, not of food and not of water, but of hearing of the word of God. And brother, I'm telling you, that's the day we're living in when men have turned their ears away from the truth and they have been turned unto fables. And my friend, sound doctrine is no longer received by a lot of people today. But I'm glad that God somewhere, somehow, in some way, he's keeping us alive in the midst of these famine times. Amen.
You know what makes this church so special tonight? Number one, it's the presence of God. But number two, because the presence of God is here, what makes this place so special is that because his presence is here, it is an oasis in the middle of this desert land that we're living in tonight. As you go out on Sunday night and you face the world on Monday and you face the world on Tuesday and you face the world on Wednesday, isn't it good to be able to come to church on Wednesday night and get around the word of God and get with the saints of God and sing the old song of Zion and lift up his name and let the redeemed of the Lord say so and hear some preaching that will help your soul. Friend, that's how God keeps us alive in the famine. Amen. Now, if you want to become a casualty in the famine, I'll tell you what to do. Just quit going to church on Wednesday night. Amen. Quit going to Sunday school. Hey, I had a man tell me one time, he's not here no more, but he was a member here one time. He said, I just don't like Sunday school. He said, I don't get nothing out of it. I said, it's because you're not putting nothing in. Amen. I mean, if he is going to tell me what he thought about Sunday school, I might as well tell him what I thought about Sunday school. He said, well, preacher, he said, it's just boring. I said, well, it's an extra hour to hear the word of God expounded. You may call that boring, amen, but I call that an opportunity, amen. I'm talking about as a pastor of the church. I look forward to coming to Sunday school. I look forward to sitting under the word of God. I don't got to be the one doing the teaching. I just need to be taught, amen, I need to hear the word of God. He said to me, he said, well, he said, you know, it's just a tradition. I said, so is toothpaste. Amen. Brother David, not every tradition is bad. Amen. Deodorant's a tradition. I do it every morning. And I get around people sometimes that don't believe in it because it's a tradition. And listen, it may not bother them, but I wish they'd believe in it. Amen. I get around some people who don't believe in Sunday school and Wednesday night because it's a tradition. But hey, some traditions are a good tradition. Amen. And just because it's a tradition, it's a Bible truth. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, if you're going to stay alive in the famine, you and I have got to have a clear view of who the Lord is. Amen. And you might be here tonight and say, well now preacher I know who he is. I know him just like the choir sung. I know him and I understand that. But do you realize that sometimes as we walk through this famine of a life many times if we're not careful our focus can get shifted. Our vision can get clouded. We can get our eyes so much on this world that we lose sight of who he is. And my friend, thank God for a place to come. Thank God for a Bible to read. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that'll clear our vision up and will help us in the times of famine. Amen. I want to say tonight in Psalms 33 tonight, what the psalmist tells us here is that he tells us that he sees four things concerning the Lord tonight and it's what helped keep him alive in the famine. I want you to see first of all in verses one through three, he talks about the Lord and his song, amen. He said in verse number three, he said, sing unto him a new song. Now, if you want to stay alive in a famine, 
I tell you what you've got to keep in the famine you've got to keep your song amen if you want to stay alive in the famine you've got to learn to sing in times of famine you say oh but brother Grafley I'm having it so hard I'm having it so rough I'm having it so tired I'm so tired hey listen friend there's always somebody got it worse than what we've got it tonight I'm telling you we don't have no sad reports we don't have no sad stories anything less than a slaughter we ought to count it a blessing friend but if you're going to make it through the famine you have got to keep your song amen the Bible says in Psalms chapter 40 David said I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me he said and he heard my cry and he brought me up also out of a horrible pit you remember when he was in the horrible pit he said he brought me up also out of a horrible pit and he set me on a rock and he established my goings. I'm glad he established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth that shall sing praise even unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Amen. You see what the psalmist has got here? He has got a song. And it's not just any song, but it is the Lord's song. And it is a thankful song. He said, rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous. He said, for praise is comely for the upright. You see, there's some songs that people sing. They may have the Lord's name in it, uh, but it don't lift his name up. Amen. I want to just stop and say this. Uh, just because you find the name Jesus uh, or the name God in a song, uh, it doesn't mean that it glorifies his name. I remember years ago there was a song come out, some country singer, I don't remember who it was, but he didn't know God, I guarantee you that. Because he wrote a song that said, me and Jesus have got our own thing going. And when I heard that song, I hadn't been saved but about three or four years, I reckon. And even I knew that wasn't right, amen. I'm telling you, friend, Jesus, you can't listen. You don't have your own thing going, amen. You don't work a plan out with him. You surrender to his will, amen. Anybody that wants to try to tell you uh, that they can live different than everybody else uh, and do what they want to and the Lord's okay with that, they're not lining up with this Bible, amen. But I'm telling you the songs uh, that we sing, they ought to glorify God. They ought to line up with scripture. They ought to have doctrine in them, amen. They ought to magnify his name, not our name, not our flesh, not our problems, not the tempter. They ought to glorify God, amen. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, I like songs about storms and going through. I like that old song, Till the Storm Passes By. And I told my wife the other day, I said, if I hear another song about going through a storm sung by some 10 or 11 or 12 or 14-year-old kid, I think I'm just going to throw up. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Brother, everybody wants to, a lot of people sing songs about storms and they ain't never even been through one. And by the way, a storm is not uh, when you have a rough day on the job. Amen. Boy, I may have to preach by myself tonight. I'm talking about I'm just going to move on because I can tell y'all ain't in the mood for that and I'm not neither, amen. I'm just saying tonight, uh, uh, friend, listen, uh, uh, songs uh, ought to glorify God and they ought to be thankfulness even in the midst of those storms. I read a story this afternoon, Brother Tim Green's, uh, older, one of his brothers that's in heaven, Brother Stephen Green. I was reading that little book that uh, that their family put together on uh, 
He is everything he claimed to be and so much more. And each one of them boys and that girl wrote a chapter. And I'll tell you, every single chapter is one tragic trial after another. Brother, I was reading about Brother Stephen Green and he was telling about his life and how he was going through life and he married Nancy and everything was wonderful and they had children and God was blessing and God was good and they were serving the Lord and nothing couldn't be better and then one day she came down with leukemia. And in her 30s as she come down with leukemia, she got better then, got in remission and then it relapsed and it came back and as Stephen was telling that story, he was talking about as he was trying to serve God and trying to serve his wife, he was strong in faith and I'm talking about the entire family is strong in faith and he said, I talked about going to Mexico and making trips with his wife in the hospital and praying for her and being torn but taking people across the border and getting missionaries down there and as he was down there, he got the news that she had less than a week to live when his doctors had gave him good news and said go ahead and he talked about how that he had to go on and had to get them people across the border and then fly a plane back and got there and he said as he was sitting there in the hospital room the doctor came in and said as the doctor sat down said Nancy who had been by the way by her bedside praying for lost people nearly every single day on her knees with leukemia dying of cancer and she was praying for sinners would get down on her knees and pray for them and the nurses had took note and she had witnessed to all the nurses and gave them the gospel and they would fight over who was going to be who was going to have Nancy for that day I'm talking about a woman staring death right in the face but she's still serving Jesus she's still pointing people to the cross her husband and her sat there on the bedside as the doctor sat down and she said doc how long do I've got maybe another week or what she was very tired at this time and very very sick and said the doctor sat there and he said absolutely nothing she looked at him and she in her tired weary voice and frail body she said I'm dying right now Emma Stephen wrote there how that they called the family as she lay there dying they came in the family all except for Brother Tim, I think it was, was able to get there. They gathered around her bedside and they told her that they loved her and she told all them that she loved them and that she would meet them in the morning. Standing around her, they said they began to sing as she faded out. They sung that old song, her favorite song, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. <laughs> Brother Danny, as they sung that song, they said, the, Brother Green prayed and they sung another verse and as they sung another verse, and she slipped out of this world and she made the crossing. Boy, when I read that, I about took a lap down in my office, amen. I thought, my Lord, what would it be like to hear family singing on this side and to hear family singing on that side. Amen. Now I'm talking about through it all. She kept her joy through it all. She kept her song. I'm telling you, we're living in such a weak, anemic society. It don't take anything to knock us out of the saddle. It don't take anything to get us down and depressed. But the fact of the matter is, we've got heaven to look forward to and so much more. In our worst day living for God is still better than our best day living for the devil. I'm simply saying tonight, friend, I'm glad if you're going to stay alive in the family, you better keep your song. Hallelujah. You better keep your song. You know how to keep it tonight? You got to stay in that book. 
You got to read the Word of God. You got to memorize the Word of God. You got to get some books down, break it down, study the Word of God, find out what this means, find out what that means. I'm not talking about a sermon in a Sunday school lesson. I'm talking about just getting a working knowledge of the Bible. Read it over and over, even what you don't understand. Read it anyway. The boring parts, read them anyway. Pour the Word of God in you. Learn it from the, uh, from front to back. Uh, the more of the Bible you know, the more freer you're going to live. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, it'll put a song in you. There's been so many times like she said a while ago and others have said when your head was down he's a lifter up of my head he'll take one verse of scripture he'll hang it on your heart and friend it'll be enough to run on for weeks because the word of God has got power amen I'm talking about tonight. If you're going to stay alive in the famine, you've got to have a song. It was a thankful song. It was a thorough song in verse number two. He talked about 10 strings on that instrument. That's pretty thorough, ain't it? You know what the musicians did in the Bible? They gave their best when they played for the Lord. They didn't have to be the best, but they gave their best. Can I stop and say this? I I don't think we should ever practice on each other. Somebody say amen. Sometimes I get in meetings, people get up and say, well, I'm going to practice on you. Well, don't do that. Practice before you get up here. Now, it's different if I call on you and say, come sing this song, and you had not sung it in five years. Just sing it. Amen. But uh, listen, you ought to do your best. I ought to do my best. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I just don't think that's right. I think we ought to just, well, you don't want me to practice preaching on you, do you? Can somebody say amen? You wouldn't want me to get up here tonight and say, well, I really don't have anything, and I, I, I'm going to take his text, and I hadn't read it all day, hadn't read it in five years, but I'm going to practice on y'all. Guess what would happen? Absolutely nothing, amen? I'm going to tell you, friend, even when a preacher's preaching off the cuff, what's coming out had to be put in somewhere, or he don't have nothing to say, amen? I'm telling you, friend, you've got to stay full, and you've got to stay focused, and you've got to be thorough. I'm telling you, listen, we give our best on the job, we give our best to everything else we do, but we ought to give God our best uh, even in times of famine. You can't quit tithing. You can't quit singing. You can't quit going to Sunday school. Hey, you can't quit shouting. You can't quit raising your hand. You can't quit singing in the choir. You've got to be thorough even in the times of famine. Amen. He talked about the Lord and his song. He talked about the Lord and his strength. Notice what he said in verse number four. He said, for the word of the Lord is right. In verse number six, look what he said. He said, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. He talks about the moral power of God's word in verse four and five. How that the word of the Lord is right. All of his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. He talks about the moral power of the word of God. You know what makes the Bible so special tonight? is because it is pure, amen? It is the unadulterated word of God. You know, sometimes in preaching, we say things that we don't mean to say. Sometimes we say things that are even somewhat wrong. There's been times I've preached things and I would get home and I'd get to thinking and I thought, I said it was in Ruth, but it was really in Judges. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I know y'all have never done that, but pray for me. You know, sometimes you be preaching, you might have Nehemiah building, building the gallows, amen, wanting to hang, you know, Mordecai. 
And we all know that ain't who that is. But you know what that is? Listen, we're 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 not we're we're in we're uh, we don't have perfection tonight. Amen. We're imperfect. And sometimes we preach, and sometimes the wrong spirit can get in something. Sometimes uh, we try to give our best, but yet it's not that way. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible is not that way tonight. Brother, I'm telling you the word of God is pure. Psalms chapter 12 and verse number 6. He said, the words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forevermore. I'm here to tell you the word of God is a pure word tonight. It's unadulterated. You Listen, you can read it. You can trust it. You know why? Because it's truth without error. Amen. The moral power of the word of God. He's talking about his strength is in his word tonight. God's strength, my friend. Hey, God gave us everything we need when he gave us the Bible. I think it's natural that we'd like to see a miracle or some supernatural. But I'm going to tell you something. This right here is supernatural. This will change your life if you'll stay in it. It'll change your way of thinking. You know what? This will get you out of debt if you'll trust it. This will help you to live a, live a peaceful life. This will give you happiness. This will give you joy. This will keep your marriage together. This will tell you how to raise your children tonight. I'm telling you, it'll tell you how to have a happy home, a heavenly home. It'll tell you how to stay out of sin. It'll tell you how to overcome the devil tonight. I don't need a miracle, amen. What I need is what God gave us. My friend, that's the miracle of his word tonight. And my friend, we see the power, the moral power of his word. We see the manifest power of his word. In verse number six, he said, by the word of the Lord, where the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth he gathered the waters of the sea together as a heap he layeth up the de- depths and storehouses uh, let all the earth fear the Lord let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him why for the Bible says in verse number 9 for he spake and it was done he commanded and it stood fast you realize God never picked up a hammer when he framed this world he never had to go find material. God was the material. God didn't raise a finger. He didn't call an angel down. He sat in his throne, on his throne. His God sat on his throne. He stared out into the black of nothing. And because God is light, he could look into nothing and say, let there be light. And brother, the light, there wasn't enough darkness to put out the light. And the evening and the morning were the first day. God spoke the heavens into existence. God spoke the world into existence. The world was framed by his word. Everything you see and everything that we have and everything that we touch, it was all has come together by the very word of God himself. When he comes back, the Bible said that out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. I'm telling you, friend, God will defeat the very enemy by his own word. He raised Jesus from the dead by his own word. I'm telling you tonight, the word of God is powerful. Amen. I'm talking about the majestic power of the word of God. This is not just any book, but this is the book tonight. Thank God for the Bible. Amen. We ought to read this book and we ought to live by this book because the power of God is found in the word of God. Thank God for the word tonight. He talks about the Lord and his strength, the Lord in his song. If you're going to make it through the famine tonight, he talks about the Lord and his sovereignty. 
And brother, in verses 10 down to verse number eight, verse number 19, he talks about those nations. He talks about those nations that rebel against God in verse number 10 and verse number 11. He talks about uh, the decision that they make and their counsel and uh, how that the counsel of the Lord standeth forever and the thoughts of his hearts to all generations. Uh, but then he talks about those nations that respond to him. As he said in verse number 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom hath chosen him for his own inheritance. Amen. I'm simply saying tonight that my friend God blesses those nations that will bless him and live by him. You know why? Because he's sovereign and God will have his way in the end. It doesn't matter who the king is. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter how many weapons they've got or how big the army is. A friend in the end it's God that wins. Amen. I'm telling you friend God took the fewest of all people and loved them and raised them up and blessed them and made a covenant with them and God has taken care of them and through the holocaust and through the wars and through the persecution and through all the judgment God has stayed his people and will raise him up again and will set his son upon that throne because God is all sovereign tonight not a Calvinist but I do believe in the sovereignty of God that God before the foundations of the world looked down through the corridors of time and he saw everything because he was already there. Amen. He's far surpassed us tonight. See, we're living in a realm of time so we've counted it as 2018. But there's no year date on God's calendar because God's living in eternity. That means that God, in my mind, can't, can't conceive this tonight. But what that really means is that God is as much alive in the past right now as he is in the present and as he is in the future. He's already seen me on the other side because he's there. Amen. I can't put that together. I don't come ask me to explain that because I can't even explain that. But all I know is, is that we're seated in the heavenlies right now. That's not symbolic and that's not a figure of speech. But in the mind, in the presence of God, he dwells in the future, he dwells in the present, and he dwells in the past. Amen. That's why he could tell Moses that I am sent you because he always is. I'm telling you, friend, no matter where you go, God is a present God because he is sovereign. He sees all. He knows all and he's in control of all things. He said the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in the family. If you're going to stay alive in the family, listen, you're going to have to have the Lord and his song, the Lord and his strength, the Lord and his sovereignty. But I want you to notice verse number 20 how this text closed tonight. There's the Lord and his saints. He said, our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. He talks about the help of the saved tonight. That's the Lord. Can you say tonight that he's your help and he's your shield? God stands between us and hell tonight. He stands between us and tragedy. He stands between us and this world and the tempter and nothing can get to our doorstep tonight that what God don't let it pass through his very hand because he is our help. Psalmist said in Psalms 121, 
He said, I'll lift mine eyes into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. He talked about the Lord, the help of the saved. He talks about in verse number 21, the happiness of the saved. He said, for our heart shall rejoice in him because we've trusted in his holy name. Boy, that amazing that this psalm begins with the psalmist rejoicing and it ends with him rejoicing. Do you know something tonight? The God of the good times, he's still God in the bad times. The God on the mountain is still God in the valley. And that friend, we can shout before the famine, we can shout in the famine, and we can shout when the famine's over with. Because the God of my friend of the famine will not leave us nor forsake. He is our hope. He is our happiness tonight. I see so many people without happiness tonight. I'm telling you, when you're right with God and you're living for him, he is enough. He is our joy. Then I see here, he's the hope of the saved. As he said, let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. You know what prayer is tonight? It's an anticipation of a hope. That when we ask God for something, we're hoping for that. And the hope of the Bible is not a, is not a feeble, weak possibility. But the hope of, a, of the Bible is a strong security. It's a promise. That blessed hope tonight. That blessed hope is not a possibility. Can I get a witness on that? That blessed hope is a firm promise that he's coming. Is that right? I'm not hoping in the fact that he may come or he may not come. I'm hoping in the fact that I know he's coming. And I've got confidence in his coming. And he said our hope is in the Lord's mercy tonight. I want to say this. Say get us a song ready. Don't you be guilty tonight of sitting in a good church and drying up on God. Young people, don't you be guilty tonight of growing up under the shadow of the cross and around old-time religion and not getting a good taste of it. Look up here at me, all you teenagers. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm telling you, listen. I remember when I was a boy, and even now, as an adult, my wife, she'll cook a meal, and I'll, pull, I'll sit down at the table, it'll look good, it'll smell good. You ever walk through the house, and I mean, when you open the door up, you can smell dinner. Amen. It's amazing how you wasn't even hungry until you smelled it. You saw oh, all of a sudden. You know it's that way at church sometimes. I've come to church because it's what I'm supposed to do. But when I walk through the door, I can smell dinner cooking. Amen. His presence, the aroma, the atmosphere. You can tell when it's dinner time because it's evident in the house. I can pull up at that table. And I do remember this. We sat down at the table. Me and my brother, we didn't wait on each other. Amen. I mean, it was see who could get the biscuits the fastest. Somebody say amen. And I'm telling you, listen. Do you know what? I could sit there at that table. And I could watch everybody else eat and enjoy that meal. And I could leave the table just as hungry as when I came. Although I smelled it, I witnessed it, and it was prepared, but I didn't taste. I left the same way I came. Brother, I think that happens in our churches. I know it's prayer meeting night, but I feel a burden. 
I think if we're not careful, we, we can get so used to the atmosphere, we can pull up at the table. See, it's nobody else's responsibility but mine to taste of the Lord tonight. I like to watch Brother Laddie get blessed, and I like to watch Brother Barney get blessed. But you know what? I can't run on your blessing. Sometimes I can get blessed a little from it. But I can't run on it tonight. I like it when you just turn loose and preach. Amen. Isn't that good? I don't care how many times he said he's a rose of Sharon. The lily of, I hope you say it a million more times. You know why? I love it. Because you know why? He is the rose of Sharon. He is the lily of the valley. But you know what? I can't run on Brother Jack's blessing tonight. I'm thankful there was a time, there was a place, there was a day when God touched me and I allowed him to touch me. And I tasted of the Lord. What about y'all tonight? I think you might have tasted of the Lord. Amen. He's been shouting a lot lately. You don't got to act like Brother Ben, but it won't hurt you to act like Brother Ben. Y'all with me out there? I'm fully aware it's 8 o'clock, but I don't care. I got about 45. I'm just kidding. That'd scare y'all to death, wouldn't it? Taste of the Lord yourself. Amen. Don't let, don't let a day of work or, or school or whatever you got. I don't care if the IRS mailed you a blessing. Amen. <laughs> don't you come in here and just sit there. So I'll just get through this service. Oh, no, you need something from heaven. You need God to help you. I need God to help me. Every service is a critical service in this day and time. As we stand tonight. Watched a lot of people die in the famine in a good church. Dry up on God. Stay hungry. We're going into revival. I thought this afternoon, I thought, Lord, you probably let that message be preached because we're going in revival. Let's go in it hungry. Let's go in it wanting something from God. Let's go in it not satisfied, saying, God, I want to move up closer. Let's go in it praying, believing, looking, anticipating, committed, and asking God, do something for my heart, do something for my home, do something for my church, and help me tonight. While Brother Brian sings, you obey the Lord tonight if you need to come.